Okay, I had no intentions of making this a podcast. This is going to be like a 10-minute video, just looking at some mail and, and kind of covering what I had coming up over the next couple of weeks as far as interviews went. But uh, huh, that's not what happened. I got on there and just kept talking and ended up like an hour or something of actual audio. So you get a bonus episode that you weren't supposed to get. This was just going to be just a little throwaway quick YouTube video, and now it's going to be one of these long nightmare to upload deals that i got to get in and spend half a night uploading. So you're welcome, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, let's pay some ads, and uh, maybe uh, you want to hang around for the rest of this episode. It's got some good mail in it and some serious conversation. Hey, I'm Justin, and this is just a video. I'm not doing a podcast tonight. I was supposed to do a podcast tonight. I was supposed to do a podcast with a gentleman named Waylon Whitson of Technicolor Nightmare, but I had actually was supposed to do it last night, and I had to cancel due to work, and then I was late tonight, and, and we couldn't get our schedules, and uh, he seems like such a nice dude, and he's been so understanding, and he's worked with me, and I am going to try to get him on here, but scheduling's been kind of hectic, and that would have been three podcasts for this month, and remember, I said I'm only doing two, so <laughs> you're getting extra, but don't worry, there'll be months I'll probably be lucky to get to, but I do have a lot coming up here lately, and that was kind of one of the points in doing the podcast tonight, it's kind of, they're doing this little thing tonight, it's kind of like everybody to look, um, what I've got coming up is, I've obviously already done the HTC roundtable. Um, uh, the interview with Waylon obviously is bumped, but on the 12th, I have a interview with um, uh, Here to Chew Bubblegum, and I double booked that day, and I'm going to try to get both in. I got an interview with a guy named Dustin Hoover, probably one of the funnest interviews I'll ever do. I've known the dude for so long, and he's such a killer guy, excellent musician. But Here to Chew Bubblegum has been a really hard thing for us to line up a date, and they've been nice enough, and I scheduled them first, so that will definitely happen on the 12th, barring any bad luck. Uh, the Hoover interview, I don't know. I will be on the Spooky Family on the 13th. I don't know when that'll air, because I know they bank some episodes here and there because they're time travelers, so I'm not 100% sure. Uh, the 15th, Mandy will be back on my show, and we've got a topic already kind of picked out. Um, I don't want to really give it away right here, because uh, I changed my mind a lot, and I could change my mind by then. On the 16th, I'll be on Seth's Daily Podcast again, uh, if work doesn't interfere. Same with Mandy's interview. And then the 19th, I have a topic I've had on the back burner for a while, something I've put some research and stuff into, so I'm hoping to do that. Just this talk junkie, it's just a a little podcast of mine that uh, I'm hoping to get done. Um, I went back through, when this podcast originally started, and I just realized it today going back and listening to an episode I did with my son, uh, the email for this podcast was originally authorjperk at gmail.com and I've not checked that since I got a new podcast email that was talkjunkie at gmail.com. I went back and checked it. There's some decent um, mail in there so I thought well you know I can do some mail and stuff and then I've got some mail over the last couple of weeks. The Ingersoll Lockwood episode has got me some new listeners apparently and um, because this has been referenced a couple times the um a couple of other, po that must have got people listening to a couple of other podcasts. So I've got some mail for some people I don't recognize. And um, so I actually had a, an excellent uh, group of uh, the other night. And I put out this little video the other day. Um, and uh, it's... So, I mean, wow, it's still going. Um, let me let me cancel that. Um, not all my emails are um, what you'd say positive, but there's some positive ones in there. There's some more in there that's not very positive. So, uh, I'm thinking about doing a couple of uh, a couple of those emails and and 
answering some questions that I've got here lately and looking at some stuff and let you guys know what's going on with the show. We do have a website now, and I'm working on that whole website name because I'm not good at websites, and it's got this big long tail thing at the end of it that I don't understand at this point. I do have the same shirt on from that video. This is my in the apartment after work shirt. Yeah. It doesn't stink. I mean, you know, I take it home and wash it when I go in, but apparently I must like to do these on the same nights that I wear this shirt. I don't know. Um, email may be my favorite part of doing this show. I mean, it really may be the, the best part of doing this show. Let me, let me pull one up here. Well, here. Let me get in the old... Okay. Um, I would really like to get, I mean, I guess it's just fun to hear what people think and, and what they have to say about, uh, you know, somebody they don't know. I, I mean, it's fun to get good emails, you know, that are beneficial to the show, but it, it's, it's fun to get these. Um, this is from Byron. You sound hick as the bad word morning. You sound hick as shit, son. Uh, won't you stop mumbling them words and speak English? You mountain people are. <laughs> I can't even give you a warning for that word. But he goes on with some more expletives to say, um, "It's just another white trash Joe Rogan." Thank you. Thank you. I, I, um, I have a lot of respect for what Joe Rogan's been able to do, and you know, uh, I'm I'm appreciative that you find the comparison. I don't see it, uh, but I appreciate that, and hopefully I'll get end up with that number of listeners, and you know, we will be good to go. I know my voice is a little over the top. Um, Lisa says, enjoy the show. But your voice is somewhat distracting at times. Not your voice as much as your accent. I understand you're proud of your heritage and where you're from. But it is not impossible to overcome an accent. I am from Tennessee and I currently live in Boston. The Boston accent is very thick and it's not an accent I wanted to adopt in any way, shape, or form. But there is an accent that in the business I'm in is generally referred to as the generic English accent. It's really more of a Midwestern accent. Uh, in calls, in call, the accent's not as bad as the mumble mouth. The mumble mouth is probably worse, and I get a lot more messages about the mumble mouth. In the call center field, people tend to be more relaxed and more comfortable hearing people with a generic Midwestern or generic American accent. I think that it may be beneficial to your show and how seriously people treat your show if you tried to adapt to this style of speaking. There's many YouTube videos on how to learn to speak correctly and how to work on enunciation, I say enunciation, enunciation, and to develop a better vocabulary and a more clear, Sam, I'm trying to read more clear notes, <laughs> and a more clear and concise way of speaking. I don't think your, job, your show is bad. I think you do a good job. I just think the accent takes away from how seriously people may take you down the road. Thanks, keep up the good work, and never be afraid to improve. Well, Lisa, I'm not afraid to improve at all, and I understand that. And it can be done. Like, my accent and the way that I talk right now is not, it, it, it's worse than it was, say, when I was 18 and, and I was out of the mountains a lot and I, I made a hard attempt, but I had to I had to try it. It never came natural for me. I never just lost the accent, but I, I tried even living in the mountains to maybe curb that a little bit and there's certain words I wouldn't use like britches and ain't, um, but I've become a lot more comfortable with who's, who I am as I've gotten older and it, it, really, it really doesn't bother me that I have an accent, and um, I don't really see an issue 
with the accent. I don't have a personal problem with it. It doesn't bother me. It's not an embarrassing thing for me. Um, I understand uh, some people aren't literally aren't comfortable with the accent, and um, you know I, I I hate that. I hate that for them. I, I hate that they are that insecure about something in themselves that they have to project a judgment onto someone else. And that's not to say that what you were doing was trying to be mean. I genuinely think you meant what you said. And, and I think that you came from a an area like mine and, and you probably struggled with that. And it, it's not a problem for me. I don't... Um, people that want to take something serious will take it seriously. Um, if, if you judge the validity of something based on how someone's accent is or if you judge knowledge based on the accent it's delivered in or, or, or anything, just the value of a person based on that, you're, you're not, it's not the right show for you. You're, um, you're probably not going to like me. And that's okay. Like, I'm not crazy about these shows. I couldn't, you know, part of it's because it's me, and I don't like my voice. I don't like the sound of my voice as it's recorded. Not because of the accent or anything like that. I'm just not crazy about my voice in specific, in, in general, specifically my voice. Um, but I think that's true for a lot of people. But I don't want that hold me back either, you know. Um, I used to worry about things like it, but I, I get messages from people not in the mountains. Uh, and... and you know, I get views, and I get, I have an audience, and they seem to be comfortable with my voice, and I'm comfortable with my voice, so it's, it's probably not going to change, I mean, I don't, I don't know why that, I, why I would, I, I don't have the same concerns in, that, that you had with, with your accent, and I, I think that's a shame that you felt like you needed to change that accent, and not be proud of that, but I don't, dislike you for doing it. That's fine. You felt like it bettered you. And anytime you try to do something that better to better yourself, you know, it should be applauded. I'm I'm not knocking you for anything that you did. It's um it is I say it a lot, it, it is what it is. Um Joey says, at one point you were ending almost every show with a quote. I noticed there were a lot of Nietzsche quotes and sometimes you would get in a habit of using the same person's quotes over and over, but it was always a different quote, and I really enjoyed that aspect of the show. What happened to the quotes? Um, just forgot. I've got a little book. It's a, it's a quote book, uh, and a lot of times I write down things that I feel like are, are a quote or a mantra that, you know, I kind of say to my say to myself, or, or like I write down a lot of things my grandfather said. I, I thought about once about writing a book called Things My Grandfather Said, and I'm still not pass at it, um, looking at getting into this ebook thing and just knocking out books and, and kind of getting writing done fairly quickly that I enjoy to do, but, um, like, one, my grandfather always said to me, uh, the only reason tough and stupid are on different pages of the dictionary is because they're spelt different, you know, uh, <laughs> he had a different philosophy on life, but I do enjoy the quotes, and it really is something I should bring back, to be honest with you, anything in doing a show like this is a habit, like, it was hard for me to start this show without the introduction music, because that's a habit. That's something that I do pretty frequently, and uh, it, it's hard to get in a routine of recording a certain day and stuff, because things take habits. I've got a really good habit of using that quote book and, and pulling a quote from it at the at the end of each episode, and, and something that I, I thought kind of added something to the episode, or kind of maybe even capped off what I was thinking or feeling about that topic that day. Uh, it's not something that won't come back. Um, it's just something that isn't here right now, you know, so maybe I'll dig that out and throw some quotes in for it. I really hope that cough button worked. <laughs> Let's try it again. Sorry. Um, and if it didn't work, I'm really sorry. Um... But yeah, that's, that's kind of where that's at. And I put these two, printed them out on the same page and put them together because they kind of... Uh, Amanda says, didn't realize ran, skimming through random episodes that you were actually an author till I found a lot of 
episodes specific to that. Um, then I went back and listened to a couple of different episodes and realized that you often put some of your poetry pieces in the podcast or even made podcasts that seemed to be centered around pieces of poetry that you had written. Why do you not do that more often? Thanks from a new listener. Um, I don't know, it's just whenever it strikes me. Mainly, I did that mostly around the time, uh, real heavily, when the book was getting ready to come out. And uh, I was working on on getting the book done and getting it out, and I was giving away the contents for free <laughs> on the podcast. But there's something different about hearing something in the written word. I don't like the way I read my poetry when I read it out loud. And... I'd done very few readings and, and, and have thought about scheduling a couple more, but that that's one thing that I often like to hear other people because I think a lot of the emotion is gone for me uh, once I've written it and kind of dealt with that. I write a lot of it as, as a way to deal with something that, you know, has had an effect on me, and it sometimes it seems like when it's... Uh, when it's... I write it and I think about it and I finalize it and I publish it or even if I just write it and put it away that kind of it's dealt with that emotion that I was trying to deal with and that emotion's gone so I don't I don't feel a lot of emotion whenever there's some but it's generally just them you know they get me really emotional I can't finish reading them uh, but there's very few of those and it's not because of that great of pieces I don't think they have that effect on everyone this have that effect on me because they're personal to me but um I mean, I, at any time, I could go back to adding one in here and there. Um, there's some pieces read on the YouTube page. If you go to the YouTube page and um, I'm trying to multitask and reschedule. Uh, if you go to the YouTube page and go really down towards the bottom of the videos that were added, some of the first, not the very first, but some of the first videos that were added, a lot of those deal with the book and, and the poetry in the book, especially the first book. So you can go check those out, and those are up. But it's not that I'll never add it again. It's just that it's not in there right now. Um, we might save that one. Let's find another fun one. I like when they... Um, This is from Marcus. Let me be blunt and to the point. This is some Sling Blade Andy Griffith Bull Explicitive. I said it once, I know, but I prefer not to cuss him more than I have to. What is even going on in this podcast? It's like nothing makes sense. It, it's like some old dude at a country store philosophizing about a life that he knows nothing about. Often parts of life that don't even impact him in his region and his race. I don't I think I focus pretty well on Eastern Kentucky. I don't I don't I don't know. You know I think you try to come across as a self taught intellectual, but really you're just a country bumpkin who's got a microphone and a computer. Give it up, son. <laughs> um you're not wrong on that last part. That pretty much is what I am. Um, I don't think anybody in my life has ever considered me an intellectual. If you have, please email that to talkjunkie at gmail.com because I would like to be lied to at least once in a positive manner in my life. I don't think I've ever been confused for an intellectual. But it's... You know, it's not, and I feel dishonest if I don't read those emails. And that is an old email that come off of that Author J. Perk site. I feel dishonest if I don't read them. Um, but, like, it's that's not really entertaining or fun, and it really doesn't serve a purpose. It's just mean. And so that's why a lot of those just don't get read. You know, and then I added this one for the heck of it uh this guy calls himself mr p and uh i mean this it's a novel the the simple version of this is uh 
that I need to focus on the Illuminati lizard people. And, and the beautiful thing is, it's like uh, I feel like you're missing the boat on the Illuminati slash lizard people. I know that sounds like some crazy conspiracy theory, but it is. Just it's not crazy. Conspiracy theories are valid are are valid theories that are looked down upon by most of society. I look, I agree with that. Like some some conspiracy theories are are real. We know the Gulf of Tonkin, and it's until them what's real that we don't know is real. Okay. You read this up to this point. It's not a joke. He's serious about this. But after he goes in and tells me all the reasons why I should do it because of how important it is to our future. Um, the fate of humanity relies on the reporting and exposing of the Illuminati and their actions. This is a serious task to be taken on by serious people. I can see in you the greatness that wait, uh, that awaits such a summonsing summons that awaits the summons. I don't know. But then he goes on to tell me how it's so much easier to market my podcast if I do this. Look, if I'm being real, yes, I really believe this, but that's not the only reason to do it. Do you know what kind of hits and downloads you can get touching on these types of topics? I mean, he's not wrong. But I get a lot of stuff like that. And I get a lot of stuff in a, in a lot of, you know, that's... It, it's not just... Like, it's, it's, in, it, it's crazy, but it's... Um, it's not funny crazy. Like, it's kind of... And, and no disrespect. I didn't read the guy's name. No disrespect. Because he uses... I'm assuming that's his real name. And in the uh, first part of it. And then he's asked to be addressed as uh, Mr. P. Um, that I don't know what... I'm sure there's some Illuminati meaning behind that. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just... It, it's, it doesn't add... And, and this guy sent a rebuttal email because I didn't read his email. You know, first he sent another email to make sure I got the email. Then he sent a rebuttal email about me not reading the email because he felt that it was important. You know, and same with the ancient alien dude. This dude is. <laughs> it's been in the last couple of episodes before I had the guest there. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what he he wants me. He wants to defend. Uh, Sitchins, who I don't have anything against, he's an excellent writer, a fiction writer, but an excellent writer, and he wants to 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 defend Von Donneken to me. He doesn't attempt to disprove what I said about him. He just wants to sell him, and you know that's what they do with their shelves. They sell themselves. They're excellent salesmen, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think they're doing it and being disingenuous, but I think a lot of people are just flat out believing them for no reason. So I mean. You know, if nobody's getting hurt, no, you know, I'm not getting hurt by it. And it's not destroying the world. I'm not going to attack these dudes and spend all this time going back and forth over these emails with this guy. I'm not interested in it. I'm not going to... Not to say I'll never do an episode over ancient aliens or anything like that. I just don't consider Sitchens and Von Donneken scholarly, credible testimony or evidence or proof or research on the topic. I don't. And I'm, I'm not going to because it's clear who and what they are. They're not trying to hide it. I'm not trying, you know, I mean, they make claims about things they're not, but the things that they are are very clear and, and apparent. So, it, you know, why? Why? I don't. And there's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of nice ones. Um, Charlie 2, and I don't, I don't know, it's just Charlie... And then the number sign and two. So Charlie number two. Uh, just found your show on a road trip. Actually found it looking for a show I used to listen to and enjoyed really well. The name is very similar minus an S at the end of Junkies. Or at the end of Junkie, but he puts Junkies. Um, <clears throat> I feel like you do an excellent job. It's a voice and an opinion I'm not used to hearing. And again, this is from the older shows. And it was definitely a different format back then. Let's see. 
I say keep up the good work and you've got a new listener. By the way, have you ever been... I don't know where this place is, but it's got the abbreviation for the state, Wisconsin. And I may have mentioned on here that I did work in Wisconsin, so maybe that's... Have you ever been to... And it's uh, what appears to me to maybe be a, a Native American... Because there's a lot of areas that are named after Native American places. I'm going to check this place out and see what it is. I think you would really enjoy it. It kind of ties in with what you're talking about. I don't remember what episode this is from, so I can't tell you what exactly he's talking about. Um, and then there's mail that's... This is a, a fairly recent one. And this is from... Uh, she doesn't put her name in the body of the email. If you don't put from, or if I don't know you enough, no, you don't care to have your name on. It doesn't say not to call her by her name, but it. I just I know what her first. Or I assume I know what her first name is based on the email address, but there's no name listed in the body. I'm really kind of confused. It's random comments that you've made and separate podcasts that you've done. I would really like to know, without any squirming or trying to get out of it, putting it all out there, how do you really feel about COVID, the vaccine, and the current lockdown? Save that one for last for a reason. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a touchy subject. Like, it's a... Um, it's one you got to tread lightly on. Let me say this. When it first popped up, looking at numbers and looking at information that was in front of me, I felt like it was a really scary thing that I was not, I didn't feel like I was prepared for, but I definitely felt like the country was not prepared for. And I think that was pretty proof positive. Uh, then some other stuff started coming out and some numbers. People always assume, one, a political affiliation that I don't have because of some of these earlier podcasts, and two, um, that I watch the news and get this from Fox News. I do not watch Fox News, not even for a second, but I also don't watch MSNBC or CNN. Um, based on things that I had seen, I felt like maybe it was blown a little bit out of proportion. Um... Then based on things that I knew from personal experience and from the experience of people around me and from things that were plainly being reported, uh, I realized that a lot of numbers regarding deaths and tests, and this is in the first wave of COVID, were most definitely inaccurate. I still stand by that 110%. Those numbers were highly inflated as regards to what was reported. Now, I would assume that a lot of people got it and didn't get tested. A lot of people got it and didn't say anything. <clears throat> and so that infection rate could have been much higher. But a lot of the numbers that were reported were false and, and inaccurate. And I went over that. I mean, I know people personally who received positive results and did not test. Um... And in the situation that happened with my daughter, I mean, you know, I, I knew a lot of that personally. Um, I do feel like now I wasn't worried enough about it. Um, that first time around, I wore my mask somewhat. Um, I did social distance really good at first, but you didn't really have any choice. Everything kind of shut down. But I wasn't worried. I, I didn't care to go somewhere or go do something. I wasn't really worried about that. I really was worried uh, about infecting someone else, not necessarily getting infected myself. Um, and that's that's how the mask works. Um, the, there, there's things like that that trouble me. Like, we need to wear a mask because it'll cut down infection rate. Um... It will, but I went and got, I had to get a couple of certifications, COVID workplace preparedness through OSHA, and the same thing through World Health Organization. Uh, take 
OSHA, for example, they do not recommend masks outside at all. And I see people tripping out all the time and just screaming at people because they don't have their mask on outside. The mask is more detrimental outside than it is helpful. Sunlight is the best help outside. Um, so you shouldn't wear your mask outside. Um, I mean, I guess if you're bunched up really tight in a tight space outside, it, it may help. I don't know, but I wouldn't do that would be my recommendation. Uh, no music festivals, anything. If, if you're concerned about it, I wouldn't. And I'm concerned about it. I don't want to be in a large group of people outside right now because we're in the second wave and it's pretty bad. So, um, and the cloth mask, like, I was wearing a cloth mask that my beard hairs came through. That was not working. I now have CDC-approved masks that they shipped out. Um, they don't feel really good. They don't fit really good. They don't seem to work really good. But I've had some good masks. Um, the little masks with the breathers on them are a joke. I don't know why you would use those. Um, there's a lot of research out on the mask. Um, this is the thing. Are the masks as effective as it's somewhat been advertised that they are? No, absolutely not. Um, is it possible they could stop you from getting it? Depending on circumstance, yes. But is it possible that it could prevent you from spreading it. That's a lot higher likelihood. And and it's worth it to be a good citizen to, to, to stop that. And I mean, there are going to be people that don't believe it's real, it doesn't exist, it's not a threat, it's not a danger. And I understand that. And I can't, there's nothing I can do. You, you have to believe something on your own merit. You have the ability to find the research and look at it. It's there. So I try to wear my mask. Um, except I try not to go in places. Um, there's a couple restaurants in the last couple weeks I've eaten in just because like the one the other day there was two people in and the other one they were really distancing you out. Outside of that, since this big wave's got a little bigger, I've not really eaten out. It's take it home or cook it home. Uh, I have had to go to Walmart and I have, there have been times that I've not been able to do the pickup service, which is something we've done more the first wave than we have this wave. Uh, I go in on my own. I don't take my son. My wife doesn't go. I wear a mask. Uh, I wash my hands with soap and water in the bathroom before I leave because it is much more effective and much less damage to your immune system than flooding yourself with hand sanitizer. That's not good. Um, sometimes I do use a hand sanitizer, but I will wash my hands with soap and water more often than not. Um, I try not to, to touch anything I don't have to touch, keep the mask on. You know, I, I do the best that I can do when I have to do it. Uh, I work out of town on Fridays before I go home. I do a home test, and if I'm, you know, there was one time I felt bad, so I went ahead and done a... A rapid test and a send-off test at the doctor's office after I done the home test and it had come back negative. Then I like the guys I work with. I do a test on Sunday before I come up. So I test twice a week and that sucks. Uh, and the accuracy of the home test seems to be pretty good. I mean just as far as what research is out there is and it's more controlled uh, as far as me knowing that is my sample whatever. Um, but if I'm feeling bad at all, I will take uh, take the one from the doctor's office. Um, I, I do. I try to do other preventative things. I take vitamin C every day. Any day I don't have a lot of sunlight, I take vitamin D. Uh, throughout the whole winter, I took vitamin D the whole time, which I was on that for the most part in a multivitamin well before this, all of these things. But now I take them individually in a little higher doses. Uh, during the week right now in the summer because I'm out all day in the summer that's why I have this wonderful summer's farmer's tan um, I do 1000 IU of the D3 but you know if I spend two or three days in the house over a weekend or something and don't get out a whole lot I'll do 5000 IUs um, I do vitamin C every day 
if I'm starting to feel a little stuff. I, I have allergies and I take allergy medicine, but if I feel a little stuffy or something like that or I'm starting to not feel good, like the time I had, last time when I had to go have the test at the doctor, then I kind of load up on zinc for a couple of days. I don't take it every day. Just if something feels a little off, I kind of try to load up on it. Or if I've went to like a week or so and not taken any, I'll try to take a little bit for a couple of days. Um, it'd be ideal to get more sleep, but I'm not. It'd be ideal to hit the sauna, but there's a ton of people at the local gym up here, so that's not going to happen. Both of those things help. It would be great to be back to playing basketball like I was before the second wave hit, but, you know, you got to be pretty close to people playing basketball, and um, so I've not been doing that, which there's no reason why I can't get out and run or do something like that, but I do get, you know, quite a bit of physical activity at work. That that helps. Um, so I take all those precautions. Uh, I went and got my first shot once it got FDA approved, I know that doesn't matter to some people. It does matter to me. And once I felt like they'd worked out some of the kinks. Johnson Johnson got pulled and recalled. A good reason why I didn't take it yet. Uh, the Moderna apparently has quite a bit of metallic element to it. Uh, probably why the magnets and stuff are sticking to people's arms. That's just a guess. I've not researched that to look. But Japan has found issue with metallic uh, content and stuff in it. The, the Pfizer got FDA approval. I've known quite a few people have taken the Pfizer. I've not heard anybody personally who's had any reaction to the Pfizer. I took it first shot. Uh, my next shot's in about another week. Um, arm didn't get sore. I didn't get sick. I didn't feel bad. That could happen in the second shot. If it does, you know, I'll take my flu shot actually this week, I believe. Um, the end of this week will be two weeks. No. I don't know. I have to look at it, but I took the first shot, then I'll take my flu, and then the next. And I didn't start taking a flu shot until a couple of years ago when I actually got the flu for the first time, and it sucked. I'd never had the flu in my life that I know of until that point, and I don't ever want it again. Um, do I have tons of confidence in the vaccine? No. And, and there's a lot of proof there that it's... There's no reason to have a ton of confidence in the vaccine. It's a fairly weak vaccine there was a, a paper published and there's been tons of research on this sometimes and not all times but a weak vaccine can cause there to be a more likelihood of mutation and um, variants and, and things of that nature like the delta variant um, but it's still gonna lessen the impact more than likely the Delta variant. And and I understand I can still get it. You can still get the flu with the flu vaccine. Uh, that's fine. If everybody was already taking it, even if it was solely the cause of the Delta variant, and that turns out to be the case, it's still not going to do me any good because everybody's taking it. So then I stand a, a good chance of getting the, uh, the Delta variant without the shot, which would just be getting sick or than I could get, you know. Uh, but I could still get it and get sick and, you know, uh, my dad and stepmom and youngest brother just had it, and my youngest brother had no impact. My stepmom got better, even though she couldn't take the medicine. My dad was still feeling bad as of today, uh, pretty bad. And he got a bad case of strep with it. Um, you know, you you can get it, um, and I, I understand that. And so I've changed my stance on worrying about it a little more, mainly because now it's affecting kids. And, and you know, I'm just be honest with you, that's. A big issue. My son won't take oral medicines. Uh, anything he takes has to be either IV or rectal. Uh, due to his sensory issues, he'll just throw it up. So that that worries me really bad. So um, he was actually on homebound. He usually gets put on homebound during flu season, you know, because he had the flu one time and we, we had to put him in the hospital. Uh, you know, he had stomach virus once and quit eating for seven days. I mean, legit quit and was in the hospital for seven days, you know. Um, and we couldn't get anything down him. They had to get it to him. Same thing with fever and things of that nature. You know, it has to be a, a rectal like a suppository. Um, so that worries me the most. And so, you know, he, he's on, he was on homebound. Now they've started virtual again, thankfully. So he'll be on virtual for a while. And that was hard because he went the first couple of days of school and really enjoyed school. Uh, he doesn't socially interact very often. And he really didn't want to be out of school. You know, he really wanted to go. And it was hard, you know, something he was enjoying. and He was making friends. You know, he doesn't do that easily. But I did it because I was concerned about him. 
and to be honest with you if I had the ability to make the same money working from home right now that I make working on the road and be in my house and do some type of virtual work I would do it in a heartbeat you know uh, for his sake for my sake for my wife's sake for my daughter so which my daughter lives in Texas and she's had it and um, you know she she went through it fairly well but that wasn't the Delta that was the first strain so I mean that's kinda where I fall on it and that's how I feel about it and I, I, um, you know I feel like it's too politicized and it shouldn't be it should be a common sense conversation you know we we need to gather data better you know a guy gets COVID gets put on a registry he's on that registry for 30 to 60 days uh, he's better within 10 has no long term effects of COVID anything like that dies in some freak accident he's still on that registry nobody goes back and manually pulls his name from the registry and he gets counted in the system as a COVID death that's an issue people who work for the state of Kentucky who get tested who go to get tested sign up on the sign-in sheet there's too many people there they decide to come back the next day and by the next day even though they've not tested and they left three of them get a phone call and say you tested positive that those numbers are inaccurate and it's not just that they're inaccurate and the numbers are off but it's infection rate infection area age groups a lot of things you're messing with those numbers and and you're not getting an accurate reading um, not addressing the venting and, and how many people seem to die only after being vented and and what other options they are and the fact that they were told nebulizers and things that spread aerosols couldn't be used in the beginning um, saying that hospitals are full capacity and flowing out the door when they're not and then getting to a point like right now where it appears they actually are and, and I say that because we hear this last year that you know death freezers and stuff have been pulled in throw bodies to, and I just get on social media and reach out travel nurses send you pictures from hospitals and this, this isn't true I'm here I'll do a live video I'll give you the name date time here it is I'm here this isn't factual and then get to a point now some of those same people reaching out and going it's real that this is real we're it, it's a f sometimes a 50 50 mix it's yeah there's a ton of people in here for COVID but also we're so short-staffed that, that we can take on less people and so there it goes you know and when it comes to the shot I think it's a freedom of choice you know to say people with a shot shouldn't have to wear a mask well they can spread it they can spread it just as easily as we can and that's been proven it doesn't stop your ability to spread it at all you can be a carrier just like you can still get sick so yeah if one group needs to wear a mask so does the other group if one group doesn't need to gather together so does the other group I mean the data is there um, and to say that the shot will stop the spread and that you have to get it to stop the spread having nurses and, and requiring nurses to get it when they don't want to get it the vaccinated nurses can spread it to the patients just as easily as the unvaccinated nurses can you have to use other safety procedures to prevent the spread because the, the vaccine doesn't do it and it's proven not to do it and I don't know that it's designed to do it I'd love to talk to a doctor and, and I <laughs> that's another thing not being allowed to speak your opinion on it especially if it, you, they say trust the doctors and trust the professionals I have two doctors and, and this is in regards to ivermectin who not only prescribed hydroxychloroquine when it came out that it would help as long as it was in a certain time window but prescribed it and had luck with it I have also prescribed the ivermectin something that they've prescribed since the late 90s for a myriad of different things to humans not to animals it's a human drug just like it's an, an equine and, and bovine drug it's also a human drug and and they have prescribed it for other things I believe it has something to do with head lice uh, tapeworms possibly I, I, I didn't go in great depth with them 
but the threat was made, and I don't know if this carried through, that your insurance wouldn't pay for this ivermectin anymore. And they're getting ridiculed for prescribing that ivermectin, even though they've been prescribing it for quite a while now, and have seen very positive results. And both of them do the same thing. They call me, and especially after the, the insurance issue had popped up a while back, and they're like, we want, I want to do the show. You know, and I'm like, are you sure? Because this could impact your job. And, you know, they think about it. And I would love to have them on. But they can't even come on and say an opinion. Because as small as my show is, if it got out that a doctor, let alone two from one area, come out and said, we don't know that this is a cure. But we know this is definitely safe for human consumption. It's a human drug. I think it was FDA approval in 96. We know it fights 21 known, uh, I think it's parasites for the most part. And I don't understand how that works with this. I don't, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I don't, I don't know. Not done that research yet. And then one doctor sent me, and I don't have it on um, the computer, but let me look at it on my phone. And I will tell you where you can go. You can go to the Wall Street Journal. Um, uh, why is the FDA attacking a safe, effective drug? One of them sent me that. And, and it goes on to say that uh, ivermectin is a promising COVID treatment. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of different information. And they also cite a study in there. Um, and the study is from ScienceDirect.com. I don't know how legit this site is um, antiviral research uh, volume 178 June 2020 uh, 104787 that's that's the the issue on this uh, it, or the information on this site it's a uh, FDA approved drug ivermectin inhibits the replication of SARS-CoV-2 in vitro now that doesn't mean it's practical I understand they need to do more research on it they got about as much research on it as they have on the vaccine. It's people going to tractor supply, tractor supply and buying bovine and equine ivermectin is going to cause some issue. Someone being prescribed this, it's not going to cause an issue. And that's what I've heard from, from two doctors and a pharmacist now, who again, don't want to speak out and say anything, is it's, it's not going to hurt they have seen positives from it. So I don't, you know, there was a lady just filed a lawsuit against the hospital because they wouldn't put her husband on ivermectin and they have to take it to court. And by the time she gets the settlement, he's dead. And they still say no. You know, it, uh, I, I don't understand. You, you can be forced to take the shot, but you can't have the right to choose it. And look, I don't know that I want it if I get sick, because I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but I know I have the right, I should have the right to take it, just like I should have the right to refuse the shot or take the shot. So, have I flipped and changed? No. I, I think it's, I thought then it was very politicized, and I think now it's very politicized. The thing is, it scares me a little more now than it scared me then. But, I just want the ability to make those choices educate myself to where I'm comfortable with those choices and be able to make them. I'm not asking for Oxycontin or crack cocaine. These people aren't asking for that. I'm asking for if somebody, even if it's not me, feels like they want to try ivermectin and we see this data and we see this research and we see the safety of it, it is being used to some degree in Japan and Japan has backed way off of this we're going to approve it thing openly from criticism from vaccine makers. I believe it said Brazil was using it, a lot of South American and, and uh, maybe even Mexico. I'd have to go back. Like I said, I didn't research it to do this as a topic. I'm just going on things I've read and looked at and, and you asked the question and, and I'm just um, there's so many things like people getting mad because a business asks them to wear a mask. That is that business's right. That is their right as an American company here, I mean, they have the right to ask you to do anything they want you to do that doesn't uh, bias you in any way. It, it doesn't affect you to wear a mask in any way. That's their right to ask you to do that. 
It's your right to say, I refuse to wear a mask. You only go places where you're allowed to go without wearing a mask. It's fair for this, the health community to say, we'd like for you to get vaccinated. It's your right to say yes, and it's your right to say no. It's fair, and it's a patient's right to say, I would like to explore ivermectin as a possible, uh, I don't know, um, you know, well, it's not called a, a solution or a cure, uh, as a possible avenue for treatment. And it's those doctors' rights to be able to make a decision determined based on what they know as doctors and to prescribe that. And it's that patient's right to have that medicine that a year ago, two years ago, would have been approved by insurance, to be approved by insurance. And I don't know that that's went through. This is something coming from two people I'm positive are doctors, but I don't know, you know, I, 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 that's secondhand news. That's all it is. But, you know, it does scare me. It scares me a lot. And I'm fine with a lockdown. Uh, I don't know that the Financially, we can take it as a country, but we can't take this getting worse than it is. So I don't. I don't know. Maybe we offer a lockdown that is, uh, you know, by choice. Because there's some people that just don't. They don't want lockdown that way. I, I don't. I don't know. You know, I still see so many businesses who can't find enough people to to work, and, and I have seen pay wages go up pretty well across the board. So I don't know what the answer is there, but. That's my definitive to the point answer, and that's long enough, and this may be a good enough one. I think I will throw it up as a podcast. I don't even remember your name, and I, I put the papers over there, but that, that's that's how I... Oh, I didn't mention your name, I don't believe. Um, that's how I feel about it. And, you know, I have the right to feel that way. And listen, if you disagree with me, I don't... I don't hate you for that or dislike you for that. Maybe you know something I don't know. If you have information that I don't have, credible information, or something you found on CNN or something like that that's a, a just a, a one-minute, you know, word clip of let me get my point across. I mean, if it's if it's something from CNN that's got data behind it or research behind it, you know, something that I, maybe I'm wrong. Actually, I didn't make any definitive statements. I just gave my opinions on one personal freedoms and two you know why we shouldn't be in a state to where people can't express an opposing view even if that view is wrong even if these doctors are wrong they still have the right to express that I don't know that's that's how I feel about it um, but that's your impromptu episode that I was going to make a 10 minute YouTube video and instead we ended up making a podcast so uh Thank you all. It's talkjunkie at gmail.com. It's talkjunkie on Facebook at talkjunkie, I guess. It's author J Perkins on Instagram. Uh, the podcast is talkjunkie and it's available anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, don't suck, don't die, and be good to people.